0: All right. What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight? So so there's just eggs up here now. And so it's starting to... I know. We got to clean all that up. But hey, I don't know about you guys. Is anyone excited for this week? Me? No? I'm ex- I only ask, I ask... Listen, right here. I'm asking because I'm excited for you. We got no school tomorrow. We got no school half day of Thursday and no school Friday. Am I right? I mean, that's worth like being excited about if you ask me. That's genuinely like, I know we got tests and we got like midterms and we got games this week. Right here, right here, right here. But I'm like, we got two and a half days off. Like that's worth celebrating. We got ice skating tomorrow. So we're going to have a party this week. Um, Then with all the free time you guys have, if y'all want to hang out, listen right here, right here, right here, all eyes, guys right here. If any of y'all want to hang out with with any of us as staff this week, is y'all free time for ice cream, milkshakes, uh, Chick-fil-A, anything you guys want to do. Let us know, because we want to hang out with you guys, so literally just like, let us know, we're there, all right? Milkshakes, that's right. So, if you don't know me, hold on, guys right here, right here, right here. Hey, if y'all don't know who I am, my name's Chris, and so I would love to get to know you, and so if this is your first night, I do see a couple of new faces. I would love to get to know your name. I don't know where you're from, what school you go to, Um, but just welcome. I hope you find this to be a place where um, you feel at home, you feel like and I could be, I could see myself being here because of the people I'm around or the place that we're at, like, we just want you to feel at home. And so if you're regular, if you come every week or every other week or you come once a month, whatever, I'm glad you're here too. Just want you to know, like, man, we are glad that you're here because we couldn't do this without you. I wouldn't have any fun being up here by myself. So like, I love being able to be with you guys. Yeah. That's right. One last quick announcement before we dive into tonight's lesson. Super exciting. We just had a a number of students come to faith over the last couple of weeks. I just want like you guys to know that because that's we're celebrating. That's literally like, I just want you to know that God is at work in the student ministry and we don't always see that. I know we come to church and we leave, but literally you've got your own friends. Like you've got peers that are coming to make decisions to follow Jesus. And that is literally life-changing and we're celebrating. And so I just want to give a round of applause for God for what he's doing in our ministry, because that's you guys. Like God's moving in you guys. And I just want you to know that. So as we get going tonight, um, whether you're new or whether you've been here the last couple of weeks, you need to know we've been talking about uh, culture shift. And so we're going through this series and essentially what we've been talking about is generosity. And guys, I want eyes right here. I want eyes right here. Stop talking to your neighbor. This is not a time to be touching each other, talking to your neighbor. Like, give me 20 minutes and we're out. So we're talking about generosity essentially and looking at if we are actually going to see a culture shift in our generation and our friendships and our communities and our families. I mean, that was going to require us to be able to apply some truth to our lives that I think would truly be transformational. And so the first week we kicked off with, what would it look like? What would it actually do to our community if we were to be generous with our words? I mean, what would it happen in our communities if we were to speak truth and speak life and support and encouragement into our friends, rather than ripping each other apart all the time? And then last week we talked about, what would it mean to be generous with our time. I mean, how different would our communities look like if we were actually to be generous with our time? And so we looked at the story of Jesus and the Good Samar- or this woman at the well. And so we looked at how not only was Jesus generous with her and did it not only impact her life and, and change her eternity, but it also impacted the entire community. And so the point of last week was looking at when we are generous with our time, I man, it not only impacts the one person, but it impacts everybody. Everyone around you is impacted, and the same is true with us. When we're generous with our time, it not only impacts us, it not only impacts that one, but it impacts everybody. And so tonight we're actually gonna be talking about what would, it, what would it look like in our communities, in our schools, and our families, if we were to be generous with our treasures, with our money, with our like, possessions, with our stuff. If you're like me, you have a lot of stuff. Raise your hand if you have a lot of stuff. If you look around your room, you look at your closet, you're like, I got stuff. Say, I got stuff. I got stuff, I got stuff. we all got stuff. And we got, we got a ton of it. So listen to this, what would it look like if we were to be generous with our stuff, with our possessions, with our treasures? And so guys, right here in the front, right here in the front, I need your attention. And so as we get dive in, I want to tell you a quick story. So there's this dad and the son, and they're driving down the interstate, and the son just gets really, really hungry. I don't know if you've been on, like, on a long road trip, and you're like, dad, can I please get some food? It's been like me my entire life. I've always asked my dad for food as we're on road trips. The son is like, dad, can I please get some food? And dad's like, yeah, 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 one day. Or like soon, soon, soon. And so I like, continue, he continues on hours later, dad, like, time goes by and the son's like, dad, I am so hungry. And the dad's like, all right, all right, I got you, I got you. And then the Mecca fast food comes around the corner. Do you know what that is? Yeah. The golden arches. No, no, the one and only golden arches. Do not know what the golden arches are? Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's McDonald's. And so they see a McDonald's and they pull off. And so they go inside and the son, just a small little boy, right here, guys. Small little boy grabs a table. And the dad gets in line and orders the food and gets the food and then goes to the table with his son, drops the sack of food on the table and says, enjoy. And I'm not a parent, so I don't know this feeling, but parents talk about like the joy that they get from just watching their children. I don't like none of us will fully understand that until we are parents, but they literally like, they just watch us sometimes. Did y'all notice your parents just watching you? Like, why are you looking at me that way? I know, I know, my parents did the same. Right here, right here, bring it back. Parents get this weird enjoyment out of just watching us do whatever we do. Whether it be like eating, whether it be talking with our friends, right here guys, shh. Whether it be playing sports, like our parents just love watching us. And literally this dad loved watching his son just devour these French fries. I know, it's funny, but this son is just going at it. And before all the fries are gone, the dad reaches over, and he just goes for one fry. He's like, I, w- I want a fry. Not baby his head. The, the son, Literally, the son like slaps his hand and says, get away from my fries. Says these are mine. He's like, I can't have one? No. no. He said, no, go get your own. Literally. Hey. And so, no, ch- check it, check it, check it, bring it back. And so the dad sits there. He kind of like brings it back. And he sits there quietly and lets his son finish all the fries. And then they kind of get back in the car and they head home. But in the car, they kind of ride in silence. And the dad is like thinking back, saying, like, Man, where did I go wrong that my son thinks that all of that was his? Where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong as a father to, to, to help him not realize that there, like, I could have taken all of those fries away in an instant? Literally, every, I could have taken the whole sack away from him. I could have told him, No, we are not stopping to McDonald's. We're not getting you a snack. We're going to wait till we get home. Or, The dad could have literally bought him so many French fries that he never would have wanted anymore. He could have had an abundance of French fries and it wouldn't have made a difference like the son would have gotten sick. And all the dad wanted was one. And he's saying, how did he forget so quickly who bought him these French fries? Who brought him these French fries? For him to think that those were all his. And I use that as a a word picture because like, guys, we are that kid. And I say that is because we have so much stuff. We all admitted it. We have so much stuff, more in, like we have an abundance of stuff. And the picture that I'm painting here is that God is this, this father. Guys, right here. Y'all are all over the place and I need your attention tonight. See, this dad is, is this picture of God. Because every good gift that we have in life is a gift from God. And God could take that stuff from us at any given time, or he can give it in abundance. But the moment we receive it, man, we are all about us. We're like, this is mine. Guys, right here, I need your attention. Like literally, we could say, like we say, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And we immediately forget that we're like, God, you gave me this gift, but it is no longer yours. It is mine for the taking. And it's with this culture that we live in, it feeds it. We're like, life's all about me. It is always about me. And so we are in it to win it and get whatever we can out of it. And yet God is the giver of good gifts and he is saying, hey, I've got a gift for you and I can give you gifts of abundance. But for some reason, we are so quick to say, this is mine, this is mine, and, and you can go get your own. And yet he is the, first, he's the person who gave it to us to begin with. And so I tell you that is like, if we are gonna live generously, if we are gonna take these truths seriously, if we were to actually apply these truths to our lives, I mean, it would create a culture shift. If we can create a culture of generosity, I mean, how different would... Our communities look and this is the key thing about generosity guys is that it not only affects the people that you're being generous to but it changes your own life it makes you more like Jesus and so that's what we're gonna look at tonight but before we do Caleb asked us a question two weeks ago and he said to what extent would you be generous to change culture I want you to think about this to what extent will you be generous to change culture because generosity is not something that comes easily Because we are naturally selfish. It's part of our sinful nature. Like we don't want to be selfish. And so we talked about our words and how our words are hard. We talked about time and how we don't get time back and how time is something that is unrenewable. And so we use it or lose it. And so we naturally want to do what we want to do. And the same is true with our money and with our stuff, with our possessions, with the things that we hold most tightly. But guys, how differently would it look if all the stuff that we have, we're holding it like this, we have in our fist, and we get so angry when people are like trying to pry it out of us. So they, and like, But how easily or how much better would our lives be if we were to actually live with our palms wide open? As God gives, we give. It is one to the next. It is a transaction that is, that is thoughtless almost. It's like, because God gives, I'm giving. But yet we cling so tightly to our stuff that the moment someone asks, hey, can I have that? Hey, would you share this with me? Man, we absolutely said no, get lost. And as they're like trying to pry it, we get mad and we get frustrated. Even if it's stuff we haven't used or in in years, it's it's just ours. And so I wanna ask this question is, to what extent will you be generous to change culture? As you think about this question, I want us to look at what God has to say about it because last week I talked to us about how the Bible talks a lot about generosity. Do y'all remember how many times? Over 2,000 times the Bible talks about generosity. That is a lot. There are only 66 books. And the Bible talks about generosity more than 2,000 times. It's a big deal because God is a giver and we see that over and over again. And so to know that generosity is a characteristic and a a responsibility of believers, God, it changes culture. And so we're going to read from 1 Timothy tonight, chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, go and open. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But this is what we're going to look at. It's gonna address this very issue of the rich and what we're to do with it. And if you're in service this morning, Pastor Heath literally talked about the exact same passage. Like coincidentally, we had not planned it, but it's the exact same passage. So look at this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, which just means arrogant or prideful, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They're to do good, to be rich in good works, to do, be generous and ready to share. The storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Okay, I want all eyes right up here because I know this is where I, like you get lost. We're going to go verse by verse real quick because there are so many, like so many things in here that I want you to take note of. From the very beginning, verse seventeen. As for the rich, who thinks they're rich? Okay, some of us. Like, okay, some of us. Good. Literally, I mean, we all come from different backgrounds. Whether you, you come from a lot of money or you come from no money, I can guarantee that you are rich. Because this is why. If you, live in, if you are on the poverty line in America, you are still a part of the 1% compared to the rest of the world. Did y'all ever know that? If you live on the poverty line here in America, you are still part of the 1% compared to the rest of the world. That is insane. And we all talked about how much stuff we have. I'm not just talking about money, whether you have money or your parents have money, I know you don't have jobs. But I'm telling you, you are rich in so many other ways, whether it's money or not. And here's what I want you to learn from this. Guys in the middle, I need your attention. As for the rich in this present age, that is you and me. Charge them not to be haughty. We are not to be arrogant with our stuff. We're not to take pride in the stuff we have, regardless of the name brand clothes or the best or like cleats or the best bats or whatever, the best ballet shoes. It doesn't matter. We are not to take pride in our stuff. Nor to set their hopes or our hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Here's the thing about riches. They are not eternal, John, of that. Our riches are not eternal. They don't go with us to heaven. Our stuff does not go with us into the next life. Our stuff will die with us here. And so you may be rich today. You may have everything you want. You may have a nice house with nice cars, with nice stuff. But that stuff may be gone tomorrow. We may have a natural disaster that swip, like, comes through in the middle of the night. A tornado could come through and your house is gone and your stuff is gone with it. And I promise you that if your hopes are being locked into your wealth, I mean, your hopes are crushed you have nothing to hold on to. If your hopes, are, if you're taking pride in all of like having the coolest clothes or having the coolest friends or having whatever you have, the coolest Xbox games, that stuff's gone, it's meaningless in the big picture. And so Paul is writing to Timothy saying, guys, do not put your hopes on the uncertainty of riches because the riches will come and go and they are not everlasting. But instead, this is the hope, but instead we can put our hope on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Like literally, like I said, every good gift that we receive is a gift straight from God. And so once again, like we are rich because of what God has given us. We are rich in life because of God himself, not because of the amount of stuff we have. And so we can put our hope on God, our savior. And so verse 19, the storing up our, uh, verse 18 there, and then we are called to be good, do good and be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Life is not meant for us to live like this, guys. Life is like this, is lonely, is isolating, and only leads to greater discontentment because you will never have enough, you will never be fully satisfied, and you will always be on the search for something more and something greater. But a life of generosity is freeing of the soul. Why? Because what Jesus lived, how he lived over and over and over again. And so this is what it talks about in verse 19 as we storing up treasures for themselves as as a good foundation for the future so that they may hold on to that which is truly life. Guys, this is life. When we are generous with our stuff, with our money, with our possessions, it, like I said, it not only is uh, like beneficial to the person you're giving it to, but it is beneficial to yourself because you are becoming more like Jesus. And so this is the warning Paul's giving. He's saying, don't be arrogant in your stuff. Guys, when I was in middle school and high school and college until I really came to know Jesus and it's still a battle today, man, I loved clothes. I still love clothes, I don't know if you can relate to that, but I love clothes. I love name brands. I love shoes. I love fashion. Like I love looking good. It's something that's important to me. Like all that. Like I value that. When I was in middle school, man, the biggest name brands were like, if I wasn't wearing that name brand, I would rather like not go to school that day because I wasn't be caught dead not looking cool. I don't know if that you can relate to that, but I promise you, it was this wake up call as I'm like coming to as I'm reading this. It's like, man, it is so stinking shallow. All of that is so meaningless. And I know you guys can relate because I see what you guys do every day when I hang out with you guys at school and after school and going to games. I hear what you guys talk about. I know this stuff matters to you. And so I want your attention because we need to understand that if we are to be generous, we need to understand this stuff doesn't matter. We can't have our hope on stuff that isn't eternal. So guys, right here. And so with that, I I want you to understand that our stuff is not our stuff. Our stuff is simply, it's just not our stuff. Our stuff is a gift from the Lord that is not meant for us to hold on tightly to. And so with that, I want us to look at a verse that comes straight, or like a passage that comes straight from Jesus. He's literally talking to thousands of thousands of people in this moment. And he's sharing this very topic about generosity because he knows that we are selfish people and that we like to hold on things too tightly. And so it comes from Matthew chapter six and he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Sounds kind of weird, I don't know if you ask me. It's like, well, why not? Well, it says, otherwise you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, notice, but when you give to the poor, not if you give to the poor. God's already saying like, you're called to generosity so you will give. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I think this is huge because in in our culture today, we literally thrive off social media. And I talk about this a lot because I know we, we all live on social media a great deal. And so we post everything to social media and we love to be appraised. We love to be applauded. We love to be celebrated. We love to let everyone know that what we're doing at all times and so this is what Jesus is saying here. Is like, guys, be careful when you practice your righteousness. Be careful when you are giving to the poor, when you are doing and you are serving and you are giving of yourself for other people. Guys, right here, I need your eyes. As we're giving acts of service, you don't do it so that everyone else sees what you're doing. Don't do it so that, Everyone can applaud you and celebrate you and be like, wow, I can't believe he did this. He is so much better. He is so good. Oh my goodness, did you see him? I'm in more in love with him now than I was before because he loves kids or whatever it is. Like don't do these good things so that you can be celebrated and praised so that people can think of you as better than. What he's saying is as you give, as you give to the poor, as you give of your life and your generosity, do it so that people do not see what you're doing so that you are just doing it out of your heart, not out of a place of pride. And this is big for us because we like to be celebrated. We like for people to see what we do. We like to be thought of as a big deal. And Jesus is saying, God, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with your stuff, the amount of money that you give away. It only has to do with your heart. And if you are doing it in a place that people see you, and that's a heart check. And that's something that is like, you come from a bad place and I'm guilty of this more often than not. And I know we all can be if we're not careful. And so that's why it's super important for us to understand this truth is because if we are going to create a culture shift, if we are to let people see that we are different, then we have to adopt this, this truth of generosity. We're being generous with our words, with our time, with our treasures, with our talents, with our lives, because that is what it reflects Jesus. So this is what I know to be true about generosity. And I went right here, we're, we're wrapping up. Literally, a band can come back up. We're almost done. But here's the deal. What I know in my 26 years of life of, of generosity and what I know to be true about Jesus and the Bible itself is this. Are y'all listening? Okay. Generosity is love and action. This is how I would define generosity. If we are truly to adopt this aspect of generosity in all capacities, with our, with our time, with our talents, with our treasures, with our words, and generosity is love and action, we just had Christmas, all right, you guys got a lot of gifts. All right? Maybe some more than others, but we all got something. But this is what I know to be true. We can give without loving. Maybe you did it this winter. We can give without loving. Maybe your parents made you give gifts to people that you don't even like. Maybe you had a teacher that you can't stand that your parents made you go give them something. And you're like, "Why the heck would I give them anything? I can't stand them." We can give without loving. We can give words. We can give, we give words all the time without loving. We can give time without loving. Mom and dad always want to spend time with us, right? It's like, okay, some more than others. But most parents want to spend time with their kids. And if your parents don't, I'm sorry. But a lot of parents do. And we don't even want to give them a time, our time a day. We get sick of our time with parents. And so we give them time, but it's not out of a place of love. We give them time because they're begging for time. So we can give without love, but we cannot love without giving. And I want you to write this down. If you got pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you like, chapstick, whatever you have in your pocket, and your purse, write it down on something. Take your phone out. We can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. Does that make sense to you guys? And here's why we cannot love without giving is because when we love somebody, when we love somebody with our entire lives, man, we will do nothing more than to give them words of encouragement. Words of support, words of love and affirmation. We want to give them truth. We give them time because we want to impact. Like we want them to be impacted. We want them to know that we love them, that we we cherish their friendship, and we give them our possessions, our treasures, because we want them to succeed. We want them to excel, and so we will do whatever it takes to give them from a place of generosity because we love them. And this is what's true with Jesus. He did not give. Out of a place that he did not give because he didn't just he didn't love us. He loves us so much that he gave. Straight out of John 3.16, he loved for God so loved the world that he gave. So we can give without loving all day long, but we cannot love without giving. And that's the the beauty of generosity, guys. Is that when we give, when we give of ourselves, when we give of our lives, it not only impacts the people that we give to, but it impacts you even more because you become more like Jesus. So band, you can come up. I'm gonna pray us out right here. So here's my challenge for you guys tonight. Go ahead and close your eyes and think about this to yourself. Guys right here in the middle, I want your eyes closed. Stop talking. I want you to think about this week. I want you to think about all the stuff that you have. I mean, guys, you guys have stuff. I have a ton of stuff. And as I was preparing for this lesson, I was super convicted about all the stuff that I have and looking at it, it is so stinking worthless. It's absolutely meaningless and I have an abundance of it. And guys, there are so many people in your lives who are in desperate need of not just stuff, because stuff, like I said, it's not about the stuff, it's about your heart. But this is the beauty about generosity, is that when we are generous, then we become closer to Jesus because it's part of what he did over and over and over again. And so as we are called to be like Jesus, generosity is part of that. And so there's the challenge this week. I want you to go ahead and think about all the stuff that you have. Are there things in your life that you could give? in some capacity or another, to somebody else. or I don't, I don't know what that can be for you. Girls, Maybe may be your closets. You got clothes in your closets in abundance that have tags on them you haven't worn in months that you're like, man, maybe I could give something away. Maybe I have someone who's younger than me who's growing up who, who would grow into this. I don't know. Guys, maybe you got Xbox games that you haven't played with in months that, that you could give to somebody else. I just know that when we come from a place of generosity, man, it frees our souls because it allows us to live with our palms wide open and not like a fist. And in that, it it draws us closer to the heart of Jesus because he gives, we are called to also give. And so I just want you to think about this week. Are there things in your life that you can give to somebody? Outside of your words and your time, but as we talk about our treasures, scripture talks about where your treasures are, there your heart is also. So your heart is tied to the things that you care about most, the things that you have most, the things that you spend your money on the most. And guys, it's my prayer that you take a heart check and be like, God, use the stuff that I have to be a gift to others. Father God, I thank you for these students. I thank you for their, their, their desire to be here, their desire to bring their friends, their desire to have fun, and their desire to, to walk with you. God, I thank you for the truth of your word. Yeah. To know that, that generosity is, is love and action, God, and you did the ultimate sacrifice by, by dying on the cross because you loved us. Yeah. God, in the, in the act of giving and the act of giving of your words and your time, but also your treasures, God, that that I pray that, that this t- hits us at home, that this impacts our life, that this will change us, not only for us, but God, that it'll, it'll change our culture. It'll, it'll give us a culture shift that'll become more like you and less of ourselves. God, we love you and we give you our lives. And you name we pray, amen.